So when we're talking about how our childhood affects our adult relationships and behavior, we can talk about a lot of things. Um, but I want to start off with romantic relationships. Why? Because that's the juiciest and I'm really interested in, you know, this topic and um, my romantic relationships and my behavior as an adult and how that refers to or how it's correlated to my childhood. So let's get straight into it. Hey guys, all right, so let's talk about romantic relationships. Now, why and how does childhood influence our adult romantic relationships? What the hell does that have to do with my relationship now? Okay, so I'll tell you. During the first few years of our life, we created something called an attachment to the person or the persons who took care of us, like your parent, your caregivers, etc. Now, that was our very first experience um, having an attachment to someone. An attachment is a very intimate part of uh, your learning curve as a baby or as a child. And so those experiences, we, you know, we, we learn from them. We learn how to love. We learn how to react. We learn how to respond. And we take those on from there. As we become adults, they may change, but the foundation or the understanding of how we should be loved and how to love others lies in our childhood. For those of you who are not familiar with the term attachment, it doesn't mean clingy or attached to someone or anything physically. Um, it's a term that was created by John Bulbley. Um, he's a psychologist and he studied the relationship between parents and infants and he came up with different attachment styles. All these attachment styles did was kind of explain the behavior of the child as a result of the parent's um, behavior towards the child. So how the parent treated the child and how the child behaved determined the child's attachment style. So as a child, our attachment style really dictated how we received love, how we felt about it, you know, how we gave love. Um, how we dealt with anger, how we dealt with disappointment, um, our level of confidence and feeling safe in our environment and being able to express our emotions and how we feel. So our first experience with attachment came from our caregivers and this influences the type of romantic attachment that we have as adults. So now I'm just going to let you guys talk to my boyfriend and he's going to tell you a bit about our relationship. I'm kidding, I don't have a boyfriend. No, so no, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm single and I'm enjoying my single life. But honestly, as an adult, I hope to become like this confident and mature and secure person in my romantic relationships. But it has been so disappointing. You know, the reality is, is that as adults, we're faced with challenges, personal challenges and challenges in the relationship as well. And those things either break us or make us. And But the whole idea is to improve, right? So I want to understand how my childhood experiences shaped the idea of my perception of self and how that has now affected my adult relationships. Why? Because I want to be secure in my future relationships. And I want to attract someone who will desire the same thing. 
Talking about having someone who will desire the same thing, I also think that it's important to have that conversation about each other's childhood because, I mean, if you're in it for the long haul with a person, and let's say you want to raise a child, you should be on the same page, right? And I think that, like, I don't know what it is, but talking about childhood is such a weird thing sometimes if your childhood was not the best and it always comes last or it never comes at all or it's it's expressed in a way that no one can understand because they wouldn't know or they would not they they wouldn't be able to reason with the reason and the logic behind your actions or your words or your anger or your tantrum or your lack of inability to communicate because you you may have never expressed that to them so sometimes talking about your childhood with your partner is really 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 important um because it just helps you to understand them more and i'm 100% sure that it will draw you closer to them. If it draws you further away from them, I'm sorry, I'm not an expert, but I'm just telling you what, you know, this is my personal opinion. I think that sometimes when um, you're from two different cultures, you talk more about your childhood than if you're from the same culture. It's actually funny. So if uh, let's say I met someone here um, in England from, I don't know, um, Morocco and I'm Caribbean. I think that we would really talk a lot about our childhood and, you know, our backgrounds and what our family did and what we eat and different things like that. So then it's easier to get into that conversation. But let's say I was dating someone from Barbados. Like I, we talk about family and stuff like that, but it would be more about, this is for me, huh? it would be more about like, you know, just general conversations and stuff like that. And then we would get down to the nitty gritty. I'd be like, oh yeah, I could, I feel like I could talk about anything with this person, blah, 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 blah. That's when we start talking about childhood and how we felt and what affected us and parents and how my mom makes me feel and dad makes me feel. So I think that it's a little, it's, it's weird when it doesn't come from, when you, when you, come from the same culture, you don't talk about background straight away, you talk more about general stuff. But if you come from different cultures, I think that you might be more inclined to talk about, um, you know, each other's culture and just the differences, I guess. What do you think? Talking about culture, um, as a black Caribbean girl, I grew up hearing my mom and my grandmother pray against generational curses. I cannot tell you how this used to scare me. And I don't think my mom understands. Like, I just thought that, okay, so if you know what I'm talking about, and if you haven't heard this before, I rebuke this generational curse in the name of Jesus. Like, that means, okay, so let's say, my what, what they were praying against is divorce and um, <laughs> they were praying against divorce and like, a man leaving or you know stuff like that because it happened to my grandmother and then it happened to my from my dad's side and from my mom's side and then it happened to uh, my mom and to most of her family members and stuff like that so they think it's a generational curse um i think that's because i come from a very christian background yeah and at one point you know, I really believed that divorce was a generational curse. And 
I feared that I would eventually get a divorce and that no matter how or what kind of beautiful relationship I thought I got into, it was just doomed to fail. That was just a feeling that I always had, you know? And now that I'm aware of things, these generational curses they they that they referred to, they were just like, what they mean is like a passed on behavior from child to adult and from adult to child. That's what a generational curse is um, in a scientific way. But somewhere deep down within me, I have to fight against the idea that a relationship cannot last and that I'm doomed to get a divorce. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, so I have a lot of ideas that I know I have to change, um, but it's good to be aware of where these ideas came come from, you know? And it's amazing how much we are taught as a child and how much lays in our subconscious mind, dormant or sometimes just silent, but it has a huge impact on who we are as adults today. Um, So, you know, a lot of the answers lay in our childhood. For example, if you're a person, you don't really like to express your feelings to your significant other, or you, you know, you have like this anger issue that you don't want like to talk about but it comes out in you know certain conversations or whatnot and then you apologize for it i believe that every single thing can lead to your childhood like there's always a reason So as I said before, if we had an attachment to our caregivers, we certainly have an attachment to our significant other. So there's a similarity in our behavior. And there's these two researchers, one called Hazan and the other one called Shaver, and they looked at attachment, but in the context of romantic relationships. And they noticed that the relationship between infants and their caregivers shared the same features in adult romantic relationships. So things like, You both feel safe when the other is near responsive. You both engage in close, intimate bodily contact. You feel secure um, when you know that they're safe and you feel insecure and worried when you can't make contact with them or you don't know if they're okay. Um, You're excited to share like new discoveries or like, you know, when you come home and you're just excited to tell somebody something or you call and you tell them. Uh, You play with each other's facial features and you both engage in baby talk. And this is truly intimate behavior. So as an adult, we form attachments and logically our attachment style dictates who we date, um, our ability to develop a loving and trusting relationship, uh, to trust or to feel good about ourselves, how we enjoy ourselves in the company of others, uh, what we are attracted to, how fast or how slow we move in a relationship, and how it ends. So as an adult in our romantic relationships, we form an attachment to our partner and everyone has a different type of attachment. So we say that there are different attachment styles. Now, what this attachment is, is a combination of your perception of self, uh, your life experiences, and also your childhood attachment that you would have had to your parents or your caregivers. But the beautiful thing about this discussion is that our attachment style can change. I 
I'm not the same person that I am now as when I was like, what, 17? I've changed, do you know what I mean? And my ideas about love and my perception of self and all the things that would have bothered me in my childhood. Um, now I'm aware of some of them and, you know, I'm a different person because of it. So I'm not the same 17 year old, I'm 27 now. And I can guarantee you that at 57 or 67, I will become, you know, a different person. So we constantly change. And that's the beautiful thing about it, the ability or to know that you can change and then having a partner and working towards growth with each other because we don't stay the same. And I think people forget that they fall in love with a particular person and then they expect that person to stay the same throughout the years. It doesn't work that way. We change, you know, so the thing is to change together with growth and in love.